Hello, everyone. Welcome back to episode three of the Split Decision Podcast. I am your host, Roman Garcia, with my co-host, PJ Katona. PJ, coming off a long homecoming weekend. How are you feeling this Monday morning? Yeah. Um, I have a little more energy than I thought I was going to have. Still a little tired, though, yeah. Uh, The weekend had Hoosier hysteria on uh, Friday, so that was exciting. And then, uh, yeah, homecoming football game versus uh, the Wolverines of Michigan. I think the game went uh, as expected. Yeah. Hoosiers uh, did not... uh, not come out victorious in that one. It was 10-10 for a little bit. It was. They, they, did, they hung in there longer than I thought they were going to, I must say. But, uh, yeah, ultimately, I never saw us winning that football game. But it was a fun weekend. It was a least. fun weekend. Yeah, it was a fun weekend. Uh, did you, uh, you know, how, how the ladies treat you this weekend? Any any perlers out there? Um, ladies, uh, they were all right. But I uh, had a couple of friends come down. We had, uh, you know. Peter uh, Peter Galanos came down. Peter, shout out to Peter. He actually said he watched the podcast, gave a good uh mm-hmm. Gave a good uh, couple of uh, reviews yeah. uh, at the tailgate. A um, couple people gave actually, us some good reviews. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate uh, all the feedback I got. I've been hearing a lot of positive things, so I appreciate everybody who has given their, uh, their, their take, uh, on take so far. And, uh, yeah, it was a fun weekend, and uh, I, I feel like there's one more person that said something I can't I can't remember off the top of my head uh, right now. Jimmy Ford, I talked to that guy. He, he had good things to say, but, man, like, have you seen the hair on that guy? It is looking nice, man. Good looking dude, let me say the least. Say the least. <laughs> well, that goes without saying. Come on now. But yeah, um, honestly, it was kind of a good weekend uh, for homecoming because there was nothing going on in the fight world at all. Nothing. Um, there was supposed to be that fight, Chris Eubank Jr. versus Connor Ben, but that fight had to be postponed, unfortunately, because Ben tested positive for the perfor- performance-enhancing drug Clomiphene, which for those of you who don't know, is a fertility drug that supposedly raises testosterone by 50%. Jeez. So uh, I think fighters like use that as a way to like cover up like possible steroid use. I don't know. All I know is uh, that was going to be the one and like only premier boxing match of the weekend, and it had to get called off. What unfortunately. Sh- what a shame. But uh Beyond that, did you uh, hear anything about the uh, Alistair Overeem fight? He fought this weekend. Yeah, uh-huh. he uh, he's still going somehow. Well, I, I wouldn't say somehow because uh, that guy looks like he weighs 500 pounds. Oh, I think he's back on the juice. Have he, you seen him? He might be. I would not be surprised at all. Not not accusing him, but yeah, I uh, yeah I saw the fight. He uh, he started off a little slow. It looked, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, that uh, Last that power he has never went get, away. Yeah, caught up to him at the end, and uh, ultimately. What he won by decision, correct? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I saw the I saw the couple knockdowns he had at the end of the fight. Those were oof. Yeah, that went down in glory collision four. It was not an MMA fight, not a boxing match. It was a kickboxing match. But you know, we cover it all here on the Split Decision Pod. Um, yeah. But we didn't watch that fight. <laughs> not, yeah. not, yeah. Live, not, not live. Not least. live. Not <laughs> live. But uh, more news. Um, looking forward to some upcoming events. We have Alexa Grasso versus. Viviana Araujo at flyweight this weekend at UFC Vegas 62 PJ just aren't you just bouncing off the walls Jeez. ready to watch that man, fight? Oh man, I cannot uh, I can't wait man <laughs> uh, Yeah, so two top uh, what six I believe five number five versus number six uh, mm, at flyweight at flyweight Yeah, uh, Grasso's coming off a, uh, a pretty solid winning streak. I believe she's got a couple wins on her belt She just uh she just won uh, on, in uh, March via f- first round sub, so she's uh, she's coming off a win. I don't really have a prediction yet. I'd have to, uh, I gotta look into the fight a little bit more before I uh, can give a, give a uh, 
full prediction uh, on that one. Um, I'll go for Grasso. She's Mexican. Oh, there's, there's, there's your reason. I, uh, unfortunately for me, I'm going to have to look a little heavier into detail on that one. Yeah. But we do have Cub Swanson also fighting in the co-main event. That's a name. That guy's been uh, been around for quite some time. Yeah. I thought he was going to call it quits he in his last should. one. But he won. Which, so uh, he, well, yeah, he's in double d- digit losses right now, and I think whenever you hit that, especially when you actually used to be a v- good fighter, you should probably hang it up. But you know, yeah. um, f- two wins in his last five, so he's not doing terrible, honestly. Yeah. And he's only a plus one forty five, so you know he has good chances versus Jonathan the Dragon Martinez. Yeah. But mm. but there actually is a good fight at fly- uh, a good fight at flyweight mm-hmm. that I'm excited to watch. Um, my man, uh, Brandon Roy is, do you pronounce the V? I feel like when I hear people say they don't pronounce the V, but Royville, Royal, Royville, I don't Royville, know, whatever it is versus, uh, <laughs> Ascar. That should be a, actually a good fight. Brandon Royal is coming off a, I remember a, uh, first round knockout versus Matt Schnell. Um, yeah. who was, did, is, was Ascar's last fight? No, it wasn't think, against it was, Kai Kara, I was I believe it? it was Kai was it? Yeah, it was. So he's coming off a loss. So yeah. he's going to be, uh, he's going to be hungry to say the least. Yeah, it'll be two flyweights looking to scrap. The good thing about the flyweight division is it's, there's not a ton of uh, fighters in that division, so it's really like all you, all you you're only ever a couple wins away from yeah. getting into that like number one contenders match. So yeah, um, if either man were to pick up a victory, that'd be setting themselves up probably in their next fight, maybe for like a title yeah. eliminator or something, maybe a fight versus a. Uh, Kai Kara, considering he's without an yeah. opponent, and um, does Pantoja have a fight? Because he's probably next in line oh, yeah. after Figgy versus uh, Moreno. Because he's a uh, yeah. So maybe a fight versus Pantoja before yeah, something like that. But yeah, I mean they're yeah with the with the division that doesn't have a lot of uh, big names in it. Mm-hmm. Very exciting division though. I feel yeah. like oh, yeah. flyweight fights are always the most underrated. I feel well because they have like unlimited engines and they just <laughs> throw as much as they can and yeah. no one can really knock each yeah. other out. That's, <laughs> That's a, it's a very entertaining division, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, any, I mean, nothing else very really notable on that card. No, right? No, not yeah. really. But, but yeah, that, that should be. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Hey, you sometimes know. it's the cards that are like you sleep on the I most agree. that end up surprising you the most. So you know, I agree. Who's to say uh, we won't be getting a lot of highlights out of this, yeah. this weekend's? Hopefully, action. hopefully, hopefully. Um, Moving on, there's also some other big boxing matches going on this weekend. A couple, honestly. Uh, Clarissa Shields will be taking on Savannah Marshall in a 10-round fight for the undisputed women's middleweight titles. That will take place at the O2 Arena. And some history on that fight. Marshall actually was the last woman to defeat Clarissa Shields, and that came at the 2012 AIBA Women's World Championships. And uh, I'm sure Clarissa will be eager to uh, amend that loss. Uh, moving on from that, though, we also got a fight announcement, did we not, Paul, for the January 14th event? Yes, we did. We got uh, Jeff Neal versus uh, Shavkat uh, Rachmanov. Mm-hmm. Hopefully I didn't butcher that name. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, uh, Shavkat's one of the uh, up-and-coming uh, prospects in the uh, welterweight division. He's currently ranked number 10 with a record of, what would you say, 15-0? Yeah, 15-0. 15-0. 15 yeah. finishes, too, I believe. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a scary man, to say yeah. the least. They tried to feed him. They tried to get Wonder Boy shot <laughs> cut. That's, crim- that's criminal. Yeah. Um, that's absolutely criminal. That's Dana doing his dirty business. That, that but uh, versus Jeff Neal, who's mm-hmm. coming off of a, uh, I, w- I don't want to say unexpected, but I feel like a lot of people thought it was Vincente Luque's time to. I uh, did. Rise up the rankings, and he uh, absolutely floored yeah. Vincente no, Luque. So, 
Yeah, first he's man, ranked number first six. First man to, to knock him down and knock him out, I believe. Really? Yeah. I'm pretty okay. sure. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, I yeah. think that's going to be—I mean, I'm excited for the fight. Shavkat's obviously 15 finish. Yeah. 100% finish rate is yeah. always always uh, That jumps off stand the page. Yeah, yeah, always. And Jeff Neal, uh, that left hand versus yeah. Luke. He was looking real good versus Luke. Hands of steel Neal, they call him for a reason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, I don't know. I don't know how. To, I mean, I would. My prediction early is obviously. It's hard to say Shavkat's going to lose. Yeah. Let alone Jeff Neal's going to make it to the buzzer. So, <laughs> we'll see. Though I like both fighters. I so, like, mm-hmm. and I'm glad they were able to hash it out so quickly. Especially with a guy like Shavkat, who doesn't have a big name, but is like such a scary opponent. Scary. Like you would not want to get scheduled against that man. Uh, for Jeff Neal to to be offered that fight and to take it so quickly is uh, very admirable. I agree. Um, not official yet, just kind of verbally agreed on Twitter, and there's word on the block that yeah. it's getting targeted for that January 14th event, but that's a fight that um, that I'd, l- I'd look forward to if scheduled. I agree. Uh, moving past that, though, we also have another another boxing news going on this weekend. We have Deontay Wilder's return versus Robert Hellenius. That will take place on Fox Sports at the Barclays Center. Wilder opens up as a big favorite at, at minus 700. Hellenius, a plus 450. Uh, you think uh, Wilder scores the KO this weekend, Paul? Um, yeah, I would say yeah. so. Uh, all it takes is one from him. Yeah, uh, yeah he's a... He's a scary, scary dude. How tall is he? He's got to be like, what, six, six seven? Six, seven. Jeez, yeah, dude. Yeah, the guy Hellenius is. That's terrifying. Is six, five. But yeah, Hellenius, or Wilder, I should say, always brings that knockout power with him into the octagon. And I would not be surprised to see if he added another yeah. KO to his record. I would say he's just got to avoid the right hand, but it's impossible. Because yeah. yeah. even when even when Wilder hits you when you have your guard up, it, yeah. it just seems to go right through. So. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> you know he picked up boxing at the age of 19. I, I saw that, yeah. yeah. I, uh, that's actually absurd. I up. mean, with the guy his size, though, like, not trying to discredit him, but, like, with the with power like that, yeah. I mean, you learn the— I mean, It's so crazy, though, because, like, usually you see, like, these knockout guys, they're, like, a little more, like, stockier and stuff like that and, like, a little more compact and, that you know, like a Titan-esque build. But with him, he's so long— and just so he's just a ginormous human being, like yeah. scary man. That scary is scary man. Scary man. That is. Yeah. Uh, taking the co-main event for that card though is Caleb Plant versus Anthony Durrell. Caleb Plant coming off his loss to Canelo Alvarez earlier this year. No, last year I should say. I was gonna say that was a bit uh, ago. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, he makes his return to 168 pounds and opens up as a big also, favorite. Yeah against Anthony Durrell, nine, minus 900. You know, it's always dangerous when there's, like, you see a couple fights. Like, at least yeah. in the UFC, I've learned that when there's yeah. a lot of big, heavy favorite, when everybody, like, yeah. has made up in their mind that, okay, these, like, all these big fight, like, favorites are uh, fighting. Yeah, they're locks, yeah. It's dangerous. Yeah, yeah it's usually, dangerous. usually someone gets upset Somebody. at some point on the card. But, yeah, um, Anthony Durrell, one win in his last three fights. Uh, former, I Kind of lost more a lot of the prestige around his name over the last couple of years, but yeah. that's a co-main event. I'm excited to see. Uh, Kevin Holland, what's going on with him, PJ? Well, he had a, a very short and sweet retirement. It looks uh, like he's yep. already. Uh, is it a, is it official or is it verbally agreed? I think it's. I think it's official. Okay, UFC okay. posted it. So nice, nice, nice. Yeah. So yeah, he's got Wonder Boy Thompson. Wonder Boy is Wonder Boy. He's like got to be 39, 40 years old. Is he not? That's an old man. Yeah, right but. There. Uh, like we always say, is that it's that fight that I don't want to see either guy lose because we know Holland coming off the uh, loss to Hamzat mm-hmm. um, in the last UFC uh, 
main or big event. Um, Wonder Boy was his. La- well, who was his last fight against? Was it? Was it? Uh, Gilbert? It was Bilal. Was it? Bilal? Uh-huh. Oh, it was Bilal. Oh, that's right. Jesus. Yeah, F- I'm happy to see Wonder Boy actually get another uh, willing striker. So uh, yeah, because his last. Because I know Burns was before Bilal. Yeah, his and record. These last. I'm looking at his record over the last couple of years. He's not been looking too sharp. Yeah. Looks like about hey, you three know what they wins say, in his last what seven. Father time is what, undefeated. Eight? They 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 do say. They do say that indeed, but yeah, I mean, I'm excited that they are actually getting Stephen Thompson in there, like he said, against yeah. someone who's not just gonna you know hold them down. I mean, good for Ho- Kevin Holland too, kind of yeah, in the same pool, also honestly. just getting taken down. I'm sure both of them are gonna be excited to, uh, you know, be able to. Swang and swang and bang, swang and bang. Hopefully, um, that'll be yeah. But two like lengthy guys, very um, good stand up on both sides, and I, I think it'll actually be an interesting matchup because yeah, I, I would that. say uh, Kevin Holland probably has like the yeah, the power and the athletic athletic advantage. Yeah. But Stephen Thompson, from like a technical aspect, yeah, like he's so went, precise, especially dude. when you allow him to get going. Which yeah. you know a lot of wrestlers don't. But Wouldn't even be surprised if Kevin Holland shoots for a takedown or two, just just to just, just to, to mix it up, just to give keep Wonder Boy on his toes. Because yeah. if you let Wonder Boy get comfortable for fifteen yeah. minutes on, on the on the on the feet, yeah. Well, are they the main event for that card? Would that be? A I don't know yet. I don't think. I'm not sure. I would. Uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised, but it, I I don't know. They haven't. They don't really have a whole lot of. They only have like I think two or three maybe hmm. four fights announced for that card. So I think that's still in the works. Uh, yeah, maybe they'll maybe they'll. The main events yet to be announced. Yeah, maybe there's something in the we works will see. there. Um, but yeah, that's a big fight that got announced. Like we said, Kevin Holland's retirement brief, which I which I remember I, I talking about a couple of weeks ago. I yeah. said whenever I see somebody announce retirement on social media, I really don't value it at all. Yeah, and you know, days later, that's how that goes. Scheduled. And then our, so moving on past that, the final boxing match that will be going on this Saturday is the rematch between Devin Haney and George Cambosos Jr. for the undisputed lightweight titles. Much like last year, that uh, fight will take place in Melbourne, Australia. And um, I probably see the fight going the same way as I did uh, the first one with uh, Haney earning the unanimous decision victory. Um, Cambosos, you know, took those titles away from Teofimo Lopez, and uh, and uh, and when he was scheduled against Devin Haney, I just think Devin Haney was just going to be a little too technical for him, a little too defensive, and I kind of see the fight going the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, with all that said, with all that wrapped up, we will get on to our more favorable portion of the podcast today. I'm actually very excited to do this. Yeah, um, we I'm will also be, excited. We will be having a little Q&A with no uh, action really going on yeah. this week and no fights that we really wanted to elaborate on much. Um, so, yeah, we had sent, had people send in questions to our Instagram, and we have uh, quite a few to get through and uh, quite a few we will elaborate on. So, PJ, do you have any you'd like to start off with? No, up to you. I mean, you just you can roll. I'm ready to go. Yeah, we'll randomize them. By yeah, randomize them, I mean I'm gonna, one. I'm gonna pick the ones that, that I want to talk about. Uh, we'll start with our boy Mikey Dewan. He sends in at M Dewan. Um, give him a follow on Instagram. He says Mount Rushmore of USC fighters, um, and he also put on there based on impact, talent, and accolades. So, uh, this is a good question. I like this a lot, Mike. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal question. Good job, um, Yogi. <laughs> you want to start with me? Go ahead. All right, let's go. Let's go, let's go like one by one. Let's just go like I'll just like name one. You name one. That All works right. for me. I think uh, this one should be undisputed. Uh, a guy who I think should be a lock for everybody's UFC uh, Mount Rushmore. Uh, 
Anderson Silva. Mm-hmm. Anderson's got 10 title defenses. He's, I mean, arguably arguably the greatest uh, mixed martial artist of all time. Yeah. Um, the greatest middleweight in UFC history, for sure. He has the longest title reign in UFC history. Mm-hmm. Title reign lasted 2,457 days. That is uh, from ridiculous. all the way from 2006 to 2013. <laughs> that is ridiculous. That's actually like, un- like when I read, like I was like, put that in perspective, like two, um, 2,500 days, just about. No one's ever going to do as that as a again. champ. Pro- I mean, <laughs> probably not. But uh, yeah, that's my. Uh, I don't want to say number one because it's not like a ranking, but yeah, that's yeah. my first guy on the. Well, I would also agree. Like you said, I think you have to put Anderson Silva on your Mount Rushmore, so he's definitely going to go on mine as well for all the reasons that PJ just mentioned. Um, <clears throat> someone else I would like to add, and this is a kind of a throwback um, all the way back to the early UFC days, and that is that boy Royce Gracie. And for those of you who don't know, he was the first champion of UFC 1 back when it was uh, tournament-style format, all guys, you know, no-holds-barred kind of thing. No one really knew what UFC was at the time when Royce Gracie was around. But what uh, what I think his um, biggest impact, his biggest legacy will be um, in terms of mixed martial arts is he really showed everyone what Brazilian jiu-jitsu was. Um, no one had even heard of it yeah. before he entered into the UFC, and he just went in there. No one really thought much of him. He was physically much smaller than much of his opponents, but with that Brazilian jiu-jitsu background, he was just able yeah. to ragdoll people in less than a minute, guys twice his size and stuff like that. Um and now we see it nowadays everyone's got a yeah. black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Yeah. And without Royce Gracie and the other Gracies coming over into the UFC and showing people what it's all about, you know, I think yeah. our sport would be in a much worse place. So shout out I to the agree. Gracie family. I'm, grab- I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm happy you said it, and I had a feeling you were going to say it. So yeah. that's why I – he's an honorable mm-hmm. mention on mine, although I'm not going dis- to like, yeah. disagree whatsoever. He definitely should be on most. I just – I figured you would say it, so I wanted to add somebody else. Well, don't don't try to, like, make predictions about what I'm going to say because yeah. you well, can't get into the clearly, mind of a Roman. Really? That's not, <laughs> I'm not sure about that. But uh, anyways, next guy on mine also I think should be undisputed, um, Mr. John Bones Jones. He uh, – Arguably the also arguably the greatest uh, UFC fighter of all time. Mm-hmm. I think I mean If you're on Mount Rushmore, obviously you got an argument. Uh, yeah, Absolutely. the youngest UFC champion ever at the uh, age of 23 He uh, became the light heavyweight uh, UFC champion He has 13 title defenses, which is the most ever in UFC history Jeez, very uh, Controversial uh, career to say the least though. He definitely could have more title defensive more fight more fights, but uh, yeah, he's He's got a couple uh, different uh, situations of uh, getting in trouble outside of the octagon, yeah. which has held him. And, uh, yeah, he's hopefully going to make his return soon. I mean, I say if he, he comes back and wins that heavyweight title. I don't think there's an argument who's that he's not. I think he's undisputedly the greatest of all time if he wins the heavyweight title. That would make him the baddest man on the planet. If he's not already, I think he might be already. But if he's not, I don't a lot think of anybody eyes. can argue. That he is not the greatest of Did all. Did you time. mention the uh, the possible steroid use though? Yeah, I mean that's <sighs> it's a yeah it's a shame. I just thirteen title defenses though. It's uh, plus I think a lot of those guys are juicing up anyway. So yeah, <laughs> but yeah, good inclusion on the list. I I I would not be uh, uh or I uh I would also put him on there if it wasn't for the steroid use. Yeah, but fair, fair, fair. but you know great fighter nonetheless, and those title defenses are just insane. Yeah. Um. 
But much like John Jones, this person is also at the top of many people's goat list, and that is my third fighter, or my yeah, my third fighter on my round Mount Rushmore, Mr. George Saint Pierre, fighting out of Canada, finishing with a professional record of 26 two, 26 and two, which included nine title defenses, and a championship victory at both welterweight and middleweight. I'm a, I personally consider GSP to be the goat. Um, I think just the amount of title defenses and how all around he was with the stand up and the wrestling and the grappling, um, he was there was no he there was almost no flaws to his game. Yeah. And I think what really cemented his legacy for me was that comeback in 2017, 2017 versus Michael Bisping, going up a weight class. Um, four years off as well. Four years off, like crazy. Yeah, for him to come back in the main event at Madison Square Garden and. Virtually shake off all ring rust before the, by the second round, pretty much, and then to finish uh, a very tough Michael Bisping, who was on a hot streak at that point, um, says a lot about the uh, work ethic of George Saint Pierre. I agree. Yeah, I uh, I also have George on my list, so I'll go to my next guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I had, to, I mean, I just had to do it. I know, and I'm I gonna, have to I'm do it have, because you um, know, my Dewan said, you know, based on impact. Keep that in. I mean, not to mention also the talent is there. Mm-hmm. That is, if you don't think you already don't know who I'm about to say, <laughs> yeah. is the notorious <laughs> Conor McGregor. He's gonna be the the final guy on my list. Um, first ever uh, uh, two division, well simultaneously uh, two division UFC double champ. Um, arguably, I mean not arguably, he is the biggest uh, superstar yeah. ever, biggest draw ever in uh, UFC history, and. I think not only me and, and uh, you, but I think a lot of people that watch uh, mixed martial arts nowadays can say that they uh, either started watching because of him or they love the sport <clears throat> or they got into the sport uh, because of him. So, yeah, that's going to round out uh, my list. Wow. I could not leave McGregor off for those who know. Shout out Lissette. Yeah, shout she, out Lissette. Uh, Lissette, she, he has to be on there. He had to be. She, I hope she's not mad when uh, when she hears me say he's also rounding out my list. For many and all the reasons PJ just mentioned, he's the biggest draw in the sport. And um, he is the reason that it is the fastest growing sport in the world at the moment, largely. It's largely because of him. I mean, I he just brought in so many eyeballs and so much attention to the sport and um and has the accolades to back it up as well. Like PJ said, double champ, um, just a big money earner for the company, grew it billions of dollars of revenue. But yeah, so Mount Rushmore includes Anderson Silva, GSP, uh, Royce Gracie, and Conor McGregor. Yep, I like that a lot. I got uh, Anderson Silva, John Jones, George St. Pierre, and Conor McGregor. Great first question right there. I like that a lot. Shout Shout out. out, Shout out to Mike. Shout out, Mike. We'll move on to uh, since we had to since we gave her a little uh, since we uh, I don't even know what's the I can't I'm what? struggling for words when you talk bad about someone who are we talking bad about we were just talking bad about Lissette I guess well, we're bad. since no, we cut well, her some I don't know I don't know I would say we're talking bad no 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 I would never say anything bad about you sister you know I love you <laughs> it's all right but uh, because of that since um, since we mentioned her I, I believe it's it's only right we uh, we ask um, or we answer her question which was. Who do you think is the most underrated boxer and UFC fighter, and why? I'll take the boxer. You can I'll just say it. you take yeah. the boxer. Yeah, you can you can go ahead and elaborate on the UFC fighter though. All right. Know. So my uh, this is another phenomenal question. Yeah. Shout out Lissette again. Um, mm-hmm. My most underrated UFC fighter is a uh, middleweight. 
um, Andre Muniz. He mm. uh, he's ranked number ten in middleweight at the moment. That's a shout, honestly. He's uh, he's undefeated in the UFC. He's five and zero with three first round armbar submissions mm-hmm. and uh, two unanimous decisions. He just defeated uh, Uriah Hall at UFC two seventy six, which was Adesanya versus Cannonier. And uh, he's thirty two years old, so he's not uh, he's not absurdly mm-hmm. young, but he's still got he's still clearly still improving um he's got 15 career submissions throughout his mixed martial arts career and uh yeah i honestly i think he's dangerous i think yeah. he's a uh, he's been knocked out four times he's got four knockouts himself but i think i think he's underrated he i don't underrated. think a lot of people that don't really you know follow in depth about the ufc know about him and i think that he's got a a real shot to uh at least be a title contender possibly champion Mm. But uh, yeah, that's gonna be my most underrated fighter at the moment I in like the UFC. Th- I like that pick. That came out of I, I did not see that pick coming personally. But the, when you said it, like as soon as you said, it, I was like, no, nope, that makes yeah. a lot of sense. Honestly, um, very underrated. For my underrated boxer, though, I will go with um, a man who recently got some notoriety. But I would uh, I would not hesitate to say that I was uh, I spoke very highly highly of him before he defeated Canelo Alvarez this past year. And that is one Mr. Dmitry Bival, the Russian Filipino, um, fighting out of uh, born in Kyrgyzstan, uh, which is the same um, home pl- home country of Valentina Shevchenko, the UFC strawweight champion. Strawweight? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, yeah. Uh, back on Bival, um, twenty and 0, 11 KOs. Not the not the biggest finisher, which I think is much to his discredit. You know, doesn't really get those highlights that stick in people's heads, and especially as of late, he hasn't earned a he hasn't earned a TKO slash KO since twenty eighteen. But you saw in that uh, Canelo Alvarez fight, and I was telling a lot of people leading up to that fight, it's not going to be a cakewalk for um, Canelo at all because Dimitri Bival is just a large human being who's a natural 175 pounder uh, natural light heavyweight and he has fast hands good technical boxer tough chin I then I think uh, Canelo realized that pretty uh, pretty quickly that yeah. it was going to be a long day at the office for him when he stepped in the ring and I think uh, Dimitri Baval Deserves some more credit. He was undermarketed in that in that fight versus Canelo. Yeah, I never I never heard of him before. Yeah. That, to be honest with you. Yeah, continues to be uh, um, kind of underrated, I think, in most people's eyes. And I think uh, if that rematch were to go down with Canelo again, which is uh, Canelo's been talking about, he wants that. I I see the fight going much the same way. Yeah, uh, he uh, his lane. It looked like his just like size and length. Obviously, was a uh, yeah played gave a big Canelo role. Trouble, yeah. So. I mean, you can't count on Canelo, obviously, but mm. I mean, I don't know how you really you can't you can't. Yeah, he looks so far behind in that. You can't fight. teach size. You yeah. can't teach length, and exactly. that's going to be there no matter what. So yeah. yeah, that's true. That's a good pick, though. Yeah, another great question. Another great question. Shout out Lissette. You know, I love you. We love you. Um, let's go. Let's take a look here. What are, what are we looking at here? Oh, okay. I like this question. This comes from my father, Mr. Juan Garcia. Shout out Juan. Um, he says, what is the main and most successful fighting style MMA fighters use? PJ, care to elaborate? That's a good question. But the, that's the beauty of the sport. It makes martial arts. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, there's so many different styles you see nowadays. Uh, I mean, the game is obviously really, really evolved. So you said the most main and yeah. successful or like, like, yeah, the main, separate? the main, yeah. So the main one and the most successful one. Oh, the main one. Well, every fight starts on the feet. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I would say, I think 
everyone has to learn boxing. I mean, you have to have boxing. I, I, I would say, yeah, every fight starts on the feet. So mm. I feel like everyone's got that striking. Like stri- I feel like ugh, the main style, though, it's like a weird. like it, it, It's weird because people blend it differently. Like, yeah. Wrestlers every- use their striker, striking to set up takedowns. Yeah. And it, it's yeah. just so like. It's so fluid. You know, it's, it's hard yeah. to distinguish like, okay, this is like this set style of fighting versus this. Yeah. Style. I would say them okay. Well, the most successful, in my personal opinion, um, obviously, I, I say everyone has to have a, at least defensive wrestling mm-hmm. uh, background to say the least. I think, I I mean, for me, I think a striker with uh, good takedown defense, in my opinion, mm-hmm. is the most um, most successful. I would say you got guys like in the game right now, like Volk. I don't know if he. I mean, he he has phenomenal takedown defense. Mm-hmm. I'd say Izzy. Adesanya, people always say, well, if they everybody yeah. can, any wrestler could beat him, but yeah, no one's taken yeah, him down really true. and held him there. Then you got guys like Chuck Liddell, you got guys like Jose Aldo, yeah, Jose Aldo. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just think guys who can uh, stand on, stay, like, keep the fight up on the feet when they clearly have the mm-hmm. advantage without being able to be taken down is a uh, yeah. massive plus. Not that obviously you can't be a wrestler as well. Yeah. I will kind of play a devil's advocate here and I will go for kind of the opposite parallel, which is like. Um, which is a uh, a wrestler with with decent hands, but can hold you down no matter what. And there, are, those are a lot more few and far between. But there's a lot more coming into the game nowadays than there were. Um, I agree. Earlier in the UFC and and, and in MMA, um, much because of guys like Khabib Nurmagomedov, um, and you see guys like Islam Makachev, Kamzat Chimaev. Those wrestlers who, um, as I was saying earlier, use their striking as a way to just set up their takedowns. So you know, when guys are on the feet, you gotta get worried. You have to be worried about getting punched no matter what. Because even if a guy's background is in wrestling, I'm sure he knows how to throw a punch if he's in the yeah. UFC. So you gotta keep your hands up. Yeah. And once they throw those strikes up top, right. opens up the uh, the hips, and they can lock their hands. And if they get you down, there are some guys who are just like, yeah. if they're just you're not getting back up. There's they're three takedowns away from winning the fight essentially. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's a good a good question, a tough question though, because yeah. like I said, I mean, there's just so many different styles, especially in the game today. You know, there's there's thousands of different styles, and like within those styles, different ways of of uh, using mm-hmm. you know striking slash grappling, jujitsu, muay thai, whatever. Yeah. Great question though. Great question. All right, shout out my fa- shout out my father. Hope you're doing well. Uh, and now we will move on to my a question for my man T Stain one two three, my boy Tristan, who asks. Um, thoughts on fighters that the UFC should pick up? Do you have a, a, a set fighter? That, yeah. Uh, that I mean, I think this is a, it's a, I don't, obviously I pay attention to the UFC the uh, most, but I think one uh, fighter who I think should have, should have already been in the UFC um, is uh, Kayla Harrison. Mm-hmm. She is the undefeated. She's a lightweight though, which is the prop, which is why I see why she's not in the UFC because she fights at, 155 pounds and the UFC does not have a women's lightweight division Mm -hmm. so it makes sense but I think she could I mean I I don't know if she ever has cut down to 145 but I I feel like she She could she's a professional or you know I I personally the only reason I really want to see it is because I want to see her fight Amanda Nunes Mm -hmm. arguably I mean Amanda Nunes the greatest women's fighter of all time and Kayla Harrison undefeated just Ragdolling uh, op- P- opponents in the poor, PFL, poor PFL fighters. Yeah, I mean, so Kayla Harrison, she's fifteen and zero in her uh, mixed martial arts career with six knockouts, six submissions. Trains at American Top Team, so yeah, oh. she is a uh, a beast of a uh, human being to say the least. Yeah. And I would like to see her in the UFC. Unfortunately, the women's featherweight division in the UFC is kind of 
Yeah, kind of dying down a little bit. They're thinking about scrapping it. Maybe that's who they need Mm -hmm. to get it going again. So yeah, if I had to pick a fighter to go in the UFC right now, I would pick Kayla Harrison from the PFL. That's a shout. I really like that, honestly. And yeah, like you said, I'm kind of tired of her fighting uh, tin cans, to say the least, in in the PFL. Um, But as for me, I will go for someone who's not technically a fighter, but the UFC was discussing um, to get to work into the UFC earlier. Um, in 2021, and that is one Mr. Gable Dan Stevenson, who, for you, for those of you who don't know, is currently signed to the WWE, but has yet to fight. But um, before that, he was actually the 2020 Summer Olympics men's freestyle champion at 125 kilograms, um, which in pounds is, I don't know. I don't know what that is in pounds. But he won the gold medal, and I believe is the heaviest weight class that you can uh, wrestle at in the Olympics. So say. he is a ginormous human Absolute being, for those unit. of you who don't know. And, yeah, when and you know we were speaking on wrestlers earlier, and a guy with that type of wrestling background, if he were to transition to MMA, learn some uh, stand-up, learn some jiu-jitsu, and uh, accompany that with all the wrestling pedigree that he has, I think he would be a very dangerous yeah fighter to say the I least would, i would definitely like to see him in the ufc to say the least yeah that is, that is a big boy that's a big boy um but yeah <coughs> shout out to my man tristan for that question i really like that one that really made me think honestly um, a little bit of a funner one here paul asked by my my lovely mother if you were a contender what would you what would your nickname be it's actually funny because i uh <laughs> I played uh, I played the UFC video game and I already gave my uh, I, I found the nickname that I actually like I like because since my first name's PJ I like it's actually already a form like somebody already had this name a while ago but I like Primetime. I think Primetime mm, PJ maybe Primetime Paul that rolls I think off it just I think it just rolls off the tongue <laughs> nice like I, I can I can just hear Bruce Buffer like screaming like Primetime PJ that'd so be tough I think if I were to be a mixed martial artist, I think primetime would be a would be a nice nickname for myself. I think punk ass would be a good one. For you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, no, primetime's way better than anything I came up with because I was thinking about it for a little bit, and I, what I settled on is I think I would go. I think it would match my fighting style, and uh, it would honor it would honor my boy uh, Robbie Lawler. And I think I'd be ruthless, Roman Garcia. And I can also imagine Buffer like this with the same energy he says Robbie Lawler yeah. with. Uh, That's a sick nickname. Yeah, it's just a sick name. I, I I wish it was original as Prime Time, and yeah. I, unfortunately, someone else already has it in the UFC. Yeah. But uh, it, um, I think uh, I think ruthless Roman Garcia yeah. would match my fighting style. I think I'd be vicious. Maybe not the Rock. You don't think Roman the Rock would go well, would go well? That brings back bad memories. <laughs> Rock from a get. from a heavier time in my life, that's funny. but uh, <laughs> that's a solid nickname though. Yeah, it's actually oh. a great question. I yeah, actually like that one a lot. Shout out, shout out, Virginia. Like that, that was a that was a unique one, and I I really I like that one too. I agree. Um, let's see, what else do we have here? Oh, this one, I, we can we can elaborate on this one. This is from my boy Love CP, my boy Ponce. Uh, he asked, "Who are your top three favorite fighters?" Wow, I like this one a lot. I think for everyone well, that knows well, me. Well, should we include Connor having he? All right, let's just not even include yeah, him because he's undisputed. Yeah. He's undisputed number yeah. one. I think everybody by now, if you haven't, yeah. learned, if you have, if you if you've been listening, it's yeah. fairly obvious who yeah. our favorite fighter is. All right, um, I'll go first. Um, I'll start. Should we start at three or one? Start at three. We'll start at three. Okay. Um, I'll go three. Okay. Um, probably he actually just fought. 
um, a while ago. And wow, I was excited. I, I don't know how I didn't lose my voice that night, but I'm going to go mm -hmm. with Mr. Nate Diaz. Mm -hmm. um, OG of the game. Mm -hmm. um, calls himself a gangster. Everybody knows him as the uh, gangster of the UFC. <laughs> Coming off a, a win against Tony Ferguson and just, you know, notoriously known for beating the notorious Conor yeah, McGregor. Um, panning Conor's first loss in the UFC. Um <laughs> Yeah, I think everybody loves to watch Nate Diaz. I think everybody loves Nate Diaz. Uh, big fan favorite. Um, yeah, that's my number number three, not including Conor McGregor. Yeah. I think my number three right now would probably be Brandon Moreno, I would say. Um, the, the only um, fighter out of Mexico to win the title at 125 pounds. Um, we talked about him a, a lot last week, but yeah, um, big inspiration um, for many around the world because he was famously cut from the UFC and then two years later comes back and uh, wins the title that he promised everyone that he would win. And he also yeah. said uh, early, I don't know, it was very early in his career. He yeah, did say, he had the, yeah. night, the famous quote, yeah, uh, I will be champion. Said, maybe one not day. today, yeah. maybe not tomorrow, I think maybe not next week. Yeah. <laughs> I will be champion one day, so yeah. And then, I like Moreno a lot too. Sick mm, fight, very inspired. A big quadrilogy coming up yeah, for him as well. Big quadrilogy. I think if he wins this title, it'll be uh, it'll really cement this legacy, and I think it'll um, it'll probably be the last. If if the, uh, there's a decisive victory either way, I think it'll be the last fight um, I between hope so. those guys. <laughs> Should be. And I hope uh, he uh, Moreno comes out on top. Um, but moving on from my number three to PJ's number two, who who do you got? My number PJ? two, I'm gonna go with a welterweight fighter, Mr. Colby Chaos mm -hmm. Covington. I uh, I really, I mean, it's a tough list because I I hate I hate making a top like three because I have so many favorites. But yeah, Colby, I uh, many people do not like him because of his personality. Although if you really know Colby, he has admitted it's more of a uh, character that he's putting on to uh, market himself because he was also going to be cut from the UFC before he uh, changed his persona completely. He was a, he's obviously a phenomenal fighter, but um, I don't know the exact details behind why he was going to be cut from the UFC a while ago, but mm -hmm. uh, yeah, Dana said he's going to be cut and he, he went into Brazil uh, <laughs> against Damian Maia, a very good fighter, yeah. a uh, welterweight contender and uh, said some, Said some bad things about Brazil and uh, <laughs> caught the attention of many people around the world. And now he is, I mean, he's a, I want to say he's a massive star in the UFC. I mean, he is. He is. He's, he's a, a good fighter. And he's headlined many pay-per-views yes, at this yes. point. Coming off a nice uh, victory versus Jorge Masvidal. Mm. Thank you very much, Colby. <laughs> needed to win that fight. But yeah, Colby's going to be my number two. Okay. And uh, um, funny you say that because my number two is also... Uh, big welterweight contender at the moment and someone who is rumored to be a possible matchup for Kobe Covington and that would be Mr. Hamzat Chemaev fighting out of Stockholm, Sweden from Chechnya, Russia. Um, one of the high, most highly touted prospects in UFC history and it's at this point as well into his title or uh, is making his title run for the first time probably first of many title runs I would imagine for somebody of that uh, talent in that caliber fighter um, bursted onto the scene with four uh, four successive fights or three fights within like a month and a half something ridiculous I don't know two in like ten days right Didn't he have two like in ten days yeah. yeah and then another fight shortly after that so um, yeah um, 
I, I I can't say enough good things about this guy. He's a <laughs> scary man. A scary man, a scary and man. he it's um, it's very rare that somebody has the talent to, um, and the personality to back it up as well. Yeah. You know, uh, you see like as I mentioned earlier, uh, Shavkat Rachmanov, like he's a massive talent as well. He's fifteen and zero with fifteen finishes. Um, um, Chemaev is twelve and zero with eleven finishes. But we see Chemaev get so many more headlines because he's just such a big personality yeah. that people are just want to know about anything that anything and everything that guy does. It's half the game nowadays mm-hmm. is marketing yourself. I mean, yeah. fighters can really can bully yeah. themselves into fights. And when you have, fights. yeah, you're making big statements when you're saying you want to kill everyone, you want to yeah. eat, you want to yeah, eat he's, everybody. He's a scary dude to say the least. But uh, yeah, he still goes out there and backs it all up. And I maybe think, uh, hope well, I hope. Uh, our two number twos on our list will fight each yeah, other at some point because I mean, well, personally, years? I think your guy might win, but I think it's still I think it would still be a great fight to watch regardless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully that's the matchup to make for both of those men. Uh, let's hear your number one though, because I well, let's hear our number one though. I'll just say, <laughs> let's just hear number one. Yeah, yeah. He he is the champion, of the lightweight division. Yeah. Don't care what the the official thing <laughs> he, says. He is illuminated by Miss, God. He <laughs> is Mr. Charles Dubronx Oliveira. <laughs> Arguably the most exciting fighter to watch in the uh, UFC today. Uh, mm. Just back to back to back. Uh, electric, <laughs> scary, <laughs> ro- emotional roller coaster yeah. ride fights uh, against Justin Gaethje, Dustin Poirier, Michael okay. Chandler. I mean, what is there not to like about Charles? He's been in the UFC for, I honestly don't even know how many years. 2012, I want to say. Yeah. He came, I mean, I know he entered the UFC at the age of like 21, mm-hmm. maybe 20. So, yeah, he's been wrong mm-hmm. for a while. It's, his story is great. It's great to see uh, how he's evolved because, I mean, yeah. he's been, I mean, he's got most UFC, uh, most submissions in the in UFC history. Yeah. I don't know the exact number because he's yeah. just, he's just submitting people left and I right think nowadays. He's at like 14 or something. And then he also has uh, the most performance bonuses and then i think he's only like a couple fights away from most fights and then with a few wins he would be at the most wins so he's only 32 yeah it's just crazy he's He's done all this at the age of 32 you know you see most fighters i mean yeah it takes them their whole well most of them don't accomplish as many things as he's accomplished and certainly it takes them a a lot longer to do so yeah. And yeah, like who doesn't did. love Charles? Big yeah. fight coming up, Charles. Please, you have you just Charles, you have to win this fight. I think <laughs> if he beats Makachev, when he beats Makachev, <laughs> it's gonna be Knock on one of the ball. most impressive five fight <laughs> stretches in the history, I, at, at least in the, in the lightweight division, probably ever in the lightweight division, but in the UFC because he would have taken down Tony Ferguson, um, Michael Chandler. Poirier, yeah. Gaethje, and Makachev. That is a that, that is, is murders. That is murders row. That is a brutal five <laughs> and fights. It, and, and if, if he, he to come out on top versus those five guys successively, would I mean be that would be insane. the entire that would be the entire top five. Literally, besides himself, it would be besides, the entire top yeah, five. Poirier, Gaethje, Makachev, Chandler, all two through five right now. <sighs> That's insane. And Tony's and obviously not the same Tony, but, but at, at, at the, the time, time, Tony was still <laughs> Tony was still the man at the time. Yeah, so. literally. Yeah. Um, yeah, so um, Mark, or Dubronx can't say enough good things Dubronx, about we, him. We absolutely love you, and <laughs> I will love you even if you do not come out victorious. But yeah. please, you you just have to win this fight. Please, I, like literally, you will just have, like you will make my make my life. If you I'm going to be very fight. upset on Halloween. <laughs> I'm going to have a, I'm going to have a brutal Halloween if Charles Oliveira yeah. does not is not the UFC champion. Uh, <sighs> After that, God, I don't even want to think about this. No, no I don't either. My heart's no. already racing. Right. We'll about talk it. about this next week when it's actually fight week, and then I'm actually even more nervous. I agree. <laughs> um, I 
But yeah, uh, we can probably answer. We'll do, we'll do like I was say one or two more. Yeah, solid. we'll do one or two more. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll take one from your boy Tyler, our boy Tyler Zabrecki. Oh, he did ask. Uh, yeah, one? they just yeah. came in. Uh, they came in like live during the podcast. Really? Okay, yeah. yeah so, I told him yesterday. Yeah. Cool. So I'll ask like this is kind of a two-parted question. I would say. He said, what are your thoughts on the current scoring systems? And then he asked another question. What are your thoughts on open scorings, and yeah. a, on an open scoring Tyler, system? Tyler, every time, so, uh, yeah, last year, <clears throat> I've obviously been a big UFC guy for quite a bit now, and, like, I lived with Tyler, mm-hmm. for those who don't know. That is my current roommate. He, uh, he asked me this question, like, every time, like, right at the beginning of when I got him into UFC, he'd always ask me this question because he thinks the scoring is, like, it's just, it's a bad scoring system, which I don't disagree with because, you know. It was made up on the spot. It was much. made up on the spot. Adopted from boxing yeah. mostly. But, uh, yeah, it's very objective in the words of Tyler. I know he always says that word. Um, I, I don't know if I like the idea of the open scoring. Um, I think it would be interesting for a change. I mean, has the, the UFC, it, it's always been the same scoring method. Well, we should, we should probably give, for those who don't know how scoring works, yeah, maybe. Um, three judges. Um uh, divide the rounds ten, or the the winner gets ten points unless there was a knockdowns on both sides. A knockdown will get you a point deducted. You could also get deducted for committing any fouls, like a fence grab, eye poke, stuff yeah. like that. Generally, the winner of a round gets a score of ten to nine. Yeah, or it's or ten eight. Yeah, and uh, yeah, scores are added up at the end. And it's up to the uh, judges to decide if a fight is a or if a round is a ten eight, ten seven, stuff like that. Yep. It's all to their discretion. And you have to take into things that count, like damage, volume, control time, stuff like that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, open scoring. It's uh, it's been brought. Uh, Dana actually just recent. Excuse me. He recently messaged. I don't know when that was. He mentioned it a while ago um, about it being a possibility. Yeah. I, I I don't think it needs to be changed. What do you think? Do you think it? Do you think we should go to the open scoring? What do you think? Well, I think what you see from judging right now, it's like um, you have to wait to the end, and I think fighters. Sometimes in their mind, they think that they're ahead of the fights, and even their their corners will think they're ahead of the fights. So, yeah. the, in theory, with open scoring, you could see after the first or second round that sure, oh, oh it's one one, oh, it's two zero. I have yeah. to go score a knockdown in the last round. So, I think in theory, it makes a it, it would make sense. But also, if you look on the other side, a lot of people would say, uh, well, if a guy knows he's up two zero, he's just gonna, uh, you know. He's just gonna coax the third round, you know, yeah. just you know, buy himself time. From an entertainment purpose, it might not yeah. be the greatest. But they might say on the other side. But it could side, be though. Yeah. yeah, they might say on the other side. Well, if a guy knows he's down two zero in that third round, he's gonna try and go out and knock the guy yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. I will say, I think no matter what, if you're a UFC fighter, you're probably going out each round with your, with the, all your heart and you know, trying to put it on the line no matter what. Yeah. And I think bad judging is just gonna be. I mean, what's it gonna like? I think there'll still be bad judging. I don't think it's going to make. Yeah, I was just saying is if there's open scoring and you know, like I mean, someone comes back to the corner and the coach goes, "All right, definitely won that round." Then you see the open scoring and they they lost. Like I mean, it's not going to take away the mistakes the judges make. Yeah, the only thing it can really do is just let the fighters know where they're at in the fight. Mm -hmm. So I I mean, I think there's flaws to uh, you know, closed scoring and open scoring. I think personally, if it was up to me, I think we should just keep keep it how how Mm -hmm. how it is. But I'm th- not opposed to it. They could try. If they were to try it out, I wouldn't be opposed. Yeah. See how it goes. I mean, but I I think what what really like the the stasis I should say of the, the situation is is just like there's just bad judging in in the UFC or yeah. in anyway. Not always. MMA, I mean, it's not tough. Always. It's, it's, it's tough to judge because yeah. like like that's why the thing is there's no. Um, 
What's the, the word? The, the, yeah, there is a lot of uh, objectivity involved because yeah. it's like it's a very fluid system. It's up to your discretion. Basically an eye test. Yeah, literally. It's just like – and people view stuff differently. People value control time more than they value damage, more than they value yeah. value volume. The like, takedown, even taking somebody down, like some people value that as, almost as closely as getting a knockdown. Yeah. Um, really, it's just uh, it, with with the amount of – uh, martial arts that are involved in MMA and the, just the amount of backgrounds that people come from, yeah. people see fighting differently everywhere. You know? I mean, it's kind of a shame there's no you know clear cut in stone yeah. like you know basketball, baseball. You yeah, know, obviously the obvious way is to score. Yeah, um, but that's what makes it fun though. That's why yeah. that's why I love the sport, the yeah. uh, unpredictability. Yeah. Even if it doesn't go yeah, the way I would like a fight to go, it keeps, um, you. keeps you on your toes yeah. at all times. Yeah, yeah. it's fun. Yeah, but that that was those were two good uh two really good questions. Good question. I really, really appreciate that. Um do we, we have time for one more? I say we can do one more. We quickly. can do one, one more. more. Uh let's see. Let's 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 pick a good one here. Mhm. Okay. I like this one. This one we'll finish off with a with a final one from me mom who asks, uh what is your favorite type of fight to watch and why? It's a good one. Favorite type of fight. Interesting. I mean, I mean from a I feel like most people can say this. Most fans would say this. I mean, just two guys that are willing to stand in the pocket from right across from one another and just, you know, throw absolute bombs, mm -hmm. for examples, like uh, Justin Gagey versus Michael Chandler. Mm -hmm. You know, guys who you know, I mean, not saying that wrestling isn't uh, entertaining, but I feel like from a, from a fan's perspective, I feel like most people are there to just see people get yeah. knocked out. So I think people who are willing to just throw in the pocket are... Uh, Produce the most entertaining fights. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Before I'll, I'll say, I do like it when there's two wrestlers, though. I, I will say my favorite type of fight is when there's two guys that specialize in the same category, mm -hmm. and it kind of neutralizes. For example, like Usman versus Covington, mm -hmm. two like arguably the two at the time the two best wrestlers in the welterweight division, and the first fight. Neither one of them shot for mm -hmm. a single takedown in the whole 25-minute yeah, fight, which is absolutely absurd because. Mm -hmm. That's all they did in their fights all before they that. Did to, to get up to that point, all they did was wrestle, and yeah. neither one of them wrestled. So I would say two specialists in the same category going up against one another usually produces the best fight, in my personal I really, opi I, opinion. Uh, that's a, I really like that opinion, honestly. Um, and I, you're largely correct, I would say. Like when guys specialize in the same thing, a lot of times it cancels each other out, yeah. and then you see them have to do things that they're not really used to yeah. doing. Like, uh, another, I think another good example of that would be, like, Burns versus Chemayev. Those are other, those are two other guys who, yeah, they're good on the feet, but they would probably like to take you down, if anything. And you saw, besides that first, like, minute of action where there was they were kind of, you know, scrambling on the ground for a little bit, that was a fight that for, like, 15 minutes of it was taking place, or 14 minutes of it, I should say, was on the feet, and you just saw two guys yeah. scrapping and throwing bombs at each other. Yeah. Um, and I think it really helps you see the all, like how all around these people, these fighters are nowadays. Yeah. But I, uh, to answer that fight from like a boxing perspective, I would say though, just beyond MMA, I would say like I, I really like when boxers, um, much like PJ was saying, just stand in the pocket and bang. And you really don't see that as much nowadays because boxers are just so it's so political now that a lot of times like for every one good boxing match you see a guy take on like four or five tin cans because yeah. the, because that's what the wba or the wbo is sanctioning 
for them and that gets them the most amount of money for the easiest fighter which is a not a bad business model for fighters to take on you know that's when yeah. Floyd Mayweather made his money off of you know yeah. but when you see guys like uh, especially the the two that come to mind are the Canelo Triple G the first two fights not the third one we won't talk about that one yeah. but the first two where you saw guys with just granite chins big bombs and just uh, very technical boxers as well like those are just insane fights and what makes it even more exciting for me is that the fact it takes place over 12 rounds so yeah. it makes it even harder it's to score it's a long time to be throwing throwing hands with another man yeah um, but yeah another good question from me mom and I appreciate all the questions that everyone sent in today yeah. a lot of good ones and uh, you guys really helped us out yeah. this week because with the lack of action going on we were yeah. struggling a little bit yeah. about uh, what to talk about yeah, I, I mean hopefully I mean well hopefully not I mean but if there's ever another weekend like that where there's nothing going on well hopefully yeah. we'll do this again yeah. it's fun hopefully yeah if you yeah. guys don't if you guys didn't know yeah now we do uh, we'll do Q&A's so yeah if you should if the way you know is if you follow <laughs> our Instagram <laughs> at the uh, split decision pod so yeah yeah please follow us please follow. Follow. We'd appreciate, it'd be greatly appreciated yeah it'd be greatly appreciated send in your questions whenever even if we're not doing a q and we'll, we'll answer them all. We'll, yeah. answer them. We'll, yeah. we'll answer you anyways yeah we'll keep it in the we'll keep it in the bank you know and it, we'll answer live on the pod or, or we'll just text you because you know you're not going to yeah. find a better opinion than, than us two in the sport i agree you know nothing in the sport <laughs> <laughs> i agree i agree um, all right, but that about uh, wraps it up for today, PJ. Um, I just want to tell you that you know it means a lot that you're here today. Yeah, this day over at every other, like this day in particular, or every day, just every day. Like I just, you know, we don't spend enough time with each other, and it's just nice when yeah. when we get to see well, each other. Pal. Doesn't help that you live halfway across <laughs> the campus from me. So well, you live in that hellhole <laughs> called Evolve. So yeah. <laughs> but, but uh, <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. I got a lot of good feedback this weekend, so I appreciate it very much. If you don't already, as I mentioned, follow the Instagram. Uh, follow the uh, IUS TV podcast uh, page on Spotify to uh, mm-hmm. listen to all of our podcasts. And we uh, we appreciate everybody very much, so uh, thank you. Oh, question. Andrew, were we, were we, how, how did we do last week? Were we number one again? Andrew gave us the uh, the little shrug of yes. So I will say yes, yeah. we were number one for two weeks in a row. And um, yeah, thank you guys for making us two. Well, I hope that's correct. Um, I hope we're not giving you guys false information. Yeah. But I think we are number one for two weeks in a row. And I hope we can go for number three, four, five, yeah. blah, 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 so on. Very appreciative of all the love we have been re- receiving. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, thank you guys for your questions. Follow, the, follow us at the Split Decision Pod, and we will see you guys at the top. See you at the top.